5: The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed.
1: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is questions of the Force, and possibly answers. I'm Joseph Scribchow.
6: I'm Kat We are going to sit down, look your questions straight in the eye, and give them the answers they deserve. A lot of great ones on that. today.
1: (laughs) Yeah, very, very excited. So we want to let you know, as always, that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com. Center, over one hundred and eighty thousand titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. We are continuing to recommend Queen's Hope by E.K. Johnston. We have loved the two previous Padme novels by EK Johnston, so we can't wait to dive into that one. We'll be discussing it soon. And if you want to give it a listen, you can download that free audiobook by going to Audibletrial.com slash Four Center oh, one more time, Audibletrial.com slash Center. Free audiobook, Padme. Yay! <laughs> Any other thoughts Ken?
6: Uh no, I am uh I am about 100 pages into that book. Can't wait to discuss it uh which we will uh, next week here in Force Center.
1: Yep. Yep. Uh as we record the uh, Thor Love and Thunder uh trailer just dropped with some excellent Natalie Portman content. So it's just going to be a it's going to be a Natalie Portman week. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, I'm excited really. for it. And crack that book open and try to read it probably in one sitting so I can just really immerse myself in the world. Of there, you go. there you go. All right. We're going to get into these questions. Uh, we have two from Twitter, as always, and two from our patrons on Patreon. We go first to Twitter and Mark Tourish. Mark says, if George Lucas signed a trilogy deal, what difference... What differences do you think he would have made? Would the first Death Star have survived until the third film, for example? Uh, this is a really great thought starter of the idea that uh, in, back in the 70s, when, uh, when a chance is given to Lucas, not based on the quality of the idea of Star Wars, but on Lucas himself, as the story goes, if uh, they said, in fact, not just one picture, a three-picture Star Wars deal. Make them all, George. What would have been different? Uh, where do you go with this, Ken?
6: Um, I, I I went to how hard is it to predict George? <laughs> <At> times <laughs> it's really tough. Uh, at times right? you you can you can uh, stretch out your thoughts from centered core goals of Star Wars and all kinds of stuff. And I, I, I this question made me think a lot of the prequel era where early magazines started to say, "Hey, there's rumblings of the books. Here's what we think could happen based on." styles and choices george has made really fascinating stuff and some of it was uh, not accurate but close enough from a, a far <laughs> perspective so i felt like i was a, a i'm a sci-fi magazine in 1995 right now Joseph. So that's where i started
1: <laughs> yeah i think i i start with just like what an amazing uh question that is just culturally in the the movie making business and the storytelling business right that mm-hmm. just how deeply unprecedented that would have been in the mid seventies. Like it was a huge risk to make the first one. And I just think it's fascinating to remember that like a trilogy or a series is just sort of like, well, of course that's, that's the, the sparkle in every executive's eye that you'd get, (laughs) you know, a trilogy or a series, but just thinking back to the mid seventies when a sequel was either just a shoddy, quick, (laughs) <laughs> uh, attempt to make another one or something like the James Bond series or, you know, going all the way back to like thin man of like, yeah, th- we follow these characters and they have another adventure. But the idea of a trilogy uh that's, you know, three acts, three movies uh, that was not in the popular consciousness. I don't think at all uh yeah. I- until that the eighties. So really fascinating to see what would have been different if Lucas had been in that mindset of, I, I have this approach I want to do. I want to tell this mythic tale that's actually also kind of instructive and inspiring for youth, but is also just a fun whiz-bang adventure full of joy. And I'm going to update all the serials I love with actual good <laughs> effects. Yeah. Those are all the things that he accomplished and that he wanted to. And if on top of that, he was also, and I'm going to change the storytelling structure.
7: Yeah.
1: <laughs> of yeah. hollywood by doing a trilogy you know i think some of the way that the original trilogy worked out is because it was a surprise right that uh, there are a lot of happy accidents right that he was totally. able to do it and then with you know the uh the idea that he brought land partially as a new character and partially just in case Harrison Ford was like, nah, I'm not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, leave him in the ice cube. You know, a lot of happy mm-hmm. accidents, the evolution of Vader being Luke's father of Luke and Leia mm-hmm. being siblings. All that stuff has kind of happened because of the way that the, this trilogy was made. So yeah. for me, that that's all the stuff I thought of to try to get even close to imagining what yeah. would he have done if he had, the knowledge that he was going to make three instead of happening on these evolutions in response to working on each film
6: yeah it, it, you're going to in a really interesting part of this discussion where upon getting this great question from mark you do start you know having fun with just the basic plots with the with the first death star have just been the big evil overhanging a lot of things uh possibly i don't think so necessarily but but then you, 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 myth starts to m- meld with reality Right Joseph where you're just like Well yeah so you could have moved the Vader Reveal oh wait but he didn't really even necessarily Have the Vader reveal to Luke. oh my <laughs> gosh And you're and so you're playing this mental game With George uh, that's a great starting point And 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 it's now even more Of a guessing game but I have some thoughts on Where George might have done wh- What he might have Thought of doing I should say in, in about 75 if Alan says he got Three to make it happen
1: yeah. Um, yeah, I think, uh, uh, I, I really want to hear the thoughts. So one thing that I do, I think that some of this question is coming from the fact that Lucas has said in interviews that he intended the death star to be like the big bad, the final thing that needs to be defeated. But then he put it in the first film because he would, didn't know if he's going to be able to make more. Right. And, and, cause that's always been his, his like, well, yeah, so that's, so I put it, it was supposed to be the big ending anyway. So I put it back in return of the Jedi and you know, uh, for, for, <laughs> People uh who were alive when people were actually mad at George Lucas over Return of the Jedi, which I swear to you happened. Um that was one of the things, right? Like yeah. instead of making up a new thing, he just went like, Phew. Well, I had to put it in the first film, even though it was meant to be in the third film, so then I just put it in the third film again. Ah, oh, George Lucas. Um I swear, I swear, young listeners, these things happened. They were real.
6: But but be at seven was like, Oh, but but it's a bigger one. Oh, that's great.
1: Right. Oh, and and now I just I just love the the actual portrait of evil of like, we well, blew up my big gun. So I'll make a slightly bigger one or an even bigger one or I'll put big guns on all these ships. My only <laughs> idea is a big gun. <laughs> yeah, that's all I have. Fear. That's that's what evil has, a big weapon to, to cause fear. Anyway, so I, I, I just wanted to clarify, I think that's where this this is coming from, is that that tidbit yeah. that Lucas intended the Death Star for the third film.
6: Yeah, sure, George. We know what you intended. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, <laughs> so, where do you go? What are your storytelling ideas?
6: I, I, and, and, and having fun with this and this fantasy book and uh, approach. Again, if uh, Laddie's saying this to make three, make it happen. I love American Graffiti. Go for it. I, I wonder if George really incorporates more of what not just like what goes into the prequels plot wise, but just that spirit, that feeling of this is where the story starts. This is how things f- fell, and then you get more of a. Um, Rebellion is born in the second episode and in episode three, I'll, I'll, I'll follow that thread out there of uh, of the third Death Star being there, that being the final stand against evil. Maybe the Emperor's on that one. Every, all the things we could become familiar with, uh, you know, because Return of the Jedi are there. I just wonder, and, you know, I love the Star Wars. I love the Dark Horse ad- uh, adaption of that. That was uh, That was really interesting to read a few years back. Um, I wonder if how much of that survives and how much do we get? Not necessarily young Anakin, not necessarily pod racing and a bunch of Senate chamber stuff, but a little bit more of the fall, a little bit more of him explaining this is how this happens. And I'm going to start there and then we'll whiz bang a little bit in the second and and resolve it all in the third.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think that is the real question is. Obviously, with the story he wants to tell and with the the prologue in the novelization that, you know, yeah. is credited to Lucas, but written by Alan Dean Foster, but still Lucas is directing it, that, that prologue sets up the political picture, right? It tells a little bit yeah. of a, a version of the prequel story that it, the politics of it was important to George, but I think he also wanted to make a whiz-bang adventure. And I think all yeah. of the people around him were like, George, that's nice that you got all your... <laughs> <laughs> ideas but but get this get this movie moving so it's exciting right uh yeah. so i think that would be the push pull because i kind of imagine like yeah it would still eventually morph into being absolutely about luke and mm-hmm. him journey joining the fight but what fight would he join then like um probably yeah. it, it wouldn't have been called the battle of scarif at the time but probably the battle of scarif i think the, if the death right. star was the big thing at the end probably that like the help that the princess desperately needs for for Luke to get the call to adventure is they're making this awful weapon we need the plans yep um so i i can see that uh but then i can also see like yeah just more political scenes and more palpatine backstory because lucas yeah. wanted to to set up what is what is the tyranny how what does it look like how does it work uh maybe a little bit of you know palpatine still having his there's that line from vader there there'll be no one to stop us now right and Mm -hmm. i think that leans into palpatine dissolving the senate which is all just exposition (laughs) in a new hope but i wonder if we would see some of that of palpatine getting close to having the death star so he can get rid of this last shred of democracy and you can see that moment where it turns into a just a total total full uh uh you know Mm. tyranny
6: yeah. And I don't think, I think because, you know, we we know what exists in the prequels and we know the scenes we love and the dialogue that's there for us to enjoy, or, you know, at times pick apart, let's be honest. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not suggesting we get a safe and secure society beat at the beginning, but at the same time, maybe I am, maybe he starts with a big fall. Maybe it is an opening 15 minutes of just the craziest sci-fi political falling of one uh, regime and, and, and the beginning of this evil one. And from there, you know, uh, it's kind of a you know truncated version of everything that happened in episodes two and three. But then from there he builds back up, and I, I think you're right. I don't think it moves too far away from a Luke-like character. No, uh, and whether it be a, a young princess, like again, again, going just to the Star Wars, the 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 original drafts, that, you know, which are you know deep in his yellow notepad of uh, of ideas, you know, a young princess, the young pr- all that stuff, I think has to remain because that's what he was trying to do. So I think you're right yep. about that
1: yeah update these these classic myths i think it it would ultimately be shaped very similarly i think you could even have Mm -hmm. han you could even have his his uh moral doubt um i think and the in the turnaround to help at the end it's just sort of like what is what is the victory because i think that's also such a hugely important part of a new hope to make this splash and say uh, yep, Here, here's a list of all of the bad and dangerous things that really exist in the world as exemplified by this mm. tyrannical uh, government. But here's this hope that you can make a difference. You know, yeah. it's yeah. not nihilism, it's hope. Uh, so I think Luke would still have some sort of victory. So I wonder if maybe like some of the ideas that ended up being in Splinter of the Mind's Eye, the novelization that was the backup <laughs> cheaper yeah. sequel was that whole like, Luke is able to face Vader because there's this Kyber crystal that enhances force power. So I wonder if you get like, you know, uh, maybe, maybe it's the plans. Maybe it's the Kyber crystal. Maybe that's the kind of MacGuffin Mm -hmm. of like in order to power this horrible weapon, they need the Kyber crystal and you get an ending where, you know, Luke faces Vader in battle enhanced by the Kyber crystal, like in Splinter the Mind's
6: Eye. Love that, and, and I, I'm. I, if I had to put some money down, I, I would say that Vader doesn't. It, it, it's not who Vader is now. You know, maybe it's just the evil, and, the, and then maybe he truly did kill Luke's father. I wonder if it just if that would have carried out. I, I obviously love where we go. I think it's even more powerful. But I just, you know, at that time, I don't think George necessarily had that in mind. And that, that could be, you know, the justice for for Anakin killing this cyborg vader or whatever it might be could be interesting i don't know
1: yeah no absolutely i think the power of vader being revealed is luke's father is at least partially informed by the cultural response you know we all know Mm -hmm. the the famous you know lucas was a little worried about vader he's only actually got 12 minutes of screen time in the making of the thing and it's when he pops into pop culture that he becomes like one of the great villains of all time of it's of true. cinema of all time. And so that I think is partial part of what makes the, the, the Vader parentage reveal powerful of like, we had a couple of years of people discussing what a great kind of return to classic storytelling, you know, uh, Alec Guinness giving interviews going, don't think about it too much. It's a simple story of good and evil <laughs> And it. Th- it was that cultural reaction that Lucas was able yeah. to turn on its head of like, what mm-hmm. if it wasn't as simple as you thought?
6: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're right. And and it's it's fascinating. Happy accidents, what you said up up, up top. And I think that yeah. works, in, you know, especially with the Leia stuff later.
1: Yeah. Hmm. And maybe Obi-Wan survives. Who knows? <laughs> My last yeah. thought. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. Just the first film. Just the first film.
6: Yeah. He would have been like some lizard with four arms. But yeah, he would have survived.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Get Obi-Wan some spider legs, some robot <laughs> spider legs. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any other thoughts on that question before we move on?
6: Uh, no, what, what it was, uh, this was, I sat down to do the notes. I'm like, we're starting off. This is a great leadoff hitter. It's going to get a base still second score run. It's going <laughs> to make my brain hurt because it really truly is. It, this is a great question that incorporates all that we know of the history of Star Wars and all that we think we know about George and what he will tell us at certain times on the journey about yep. what he was thinking
1: yep I greatly admire the man he says things very very uh definitively in interviews and and he says many different things too so it is yeah. uh you know I think at the yeah. end of the day he he is an artist and uh and the different you know structure would have influenced him differently for sure and uh definitely difficult to predict <laughs> yeah. All right, we're gonna move on to our next question. Uh, Carl Axon Franzon asks, uh, listening to uh, your recent episode made me think, uh, what are the must watch Clone Wars episodes maximum of 12 to get ready for the Kenobi <laughs> series? Uh, Rebels Twin Sons, of course, also. So yeah, this is a uh, I suspect that we'll have some similar ones, but maybe I'll be yeah. surprised again.
6: Well, I look. I think there's some ones that you you kind of have to go to, and you know. And I'm not going to lie. I, I typed up some articles to make sure I wasn't missing anything. And I think everyone kind of goes to some big same ones right? as you should, right? As you should. So that's part of this. So and and I'm just twin sons gets uh, you know put on the shelf. Like I said, we're talking about Clone Wars episodes. So, I don't know. Do you want to just list the ones that we probably think are on each other's list? Is this a game of a card game where we're (laughs) go fishing here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the thing
1: is that, yes, there, because the Clone Wars has Obi-Wan in many, many episodes, and there are many amazing Kenobi moments, if you're just a fan of Kenobi, Mm -hmm. uh, but there are only a few arcs that are Kenobi-centric. Yeah and tell us something new about the character or he is challenged in a way that he's not. I mean, there are many episodes where he's just great and he's just sassy Kenobi. Yeah. (laughs) Telling Anakin how he's messing up. Uh, But for the ones that are extremely Kenobi uh, centric, and I think could really have bearing on the series or at least uh, add nuance, uh, is that first Mandalore arc season two uh, episode 12, the Mandalore plot uh, episode 13, Voyage of Temptation and episode 14 Duchess of Mandalore. Yeah. Um, And then this is the one that uh, I'm sure I'm sure we have this one as well. Mm The uh, the Maul arc, uh, including season four, episode 22, uh, Revenge, which is the first time that Kenobi and Maul encounter one another again. Mm -hmm. And then the four episodes, which are uh, the Maul takes Mandalore. Uh, Kenobi doesn't feature in all these episodes, but I think you really got to see all four in order, order to understand the great importance of. The story to Kenobi. So that's uh, mm-hmm. season five, episode one, Revival, season five, episode four two, 14, Eminence, then uh, episode 15, Shades of Reason, and episode 16, The Lawless, the Lawless in particular being a huge one. Yeah. Um, I also think episode 22, Revenge, is mm-hmm. a really great and important one for Kenobi because I, until our recent Clone Wars report, uh, I had forgot how much Kenobi is uh, prepped to give in to actual desire for vengeance from all killing Qui-Gon and learns early on in this small conflict that that is not a road I want to go down and that's a really essential beat for Kenobi
6: it, it really is and, and and because Carl put this just just horrible unfair limit of episodes on I, I was trying to pick out specific ones and yeah revenge and the lawless I think specifically but especially revenge and I think you're right I, I in and it seemed like where they, where they cross sabers again for the first time. That's so huge. And something I think I kind of forgot until we did the clone wars report. Um, so I yeah, think it's and, going from there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And just, it, it really shows a lot of who Kenobi is with that. Like I, I have responsibility for this and how Maul is able to manipulate him, mm-hmm. uh, and cause basically horrific damage to other people out of his desire for re- revenge and to draw Kenobi out, all that stuff. Um, yeah, so then the, the the place where we might differ, I don't know, is mm. I uh, to complete my twelve, uh, I included the um, the Kenobi undercover arc uh, from yeah. season four, where he transforms into. A fake bounty hunter well real bounty hunter but it's fake to him so that's season four episode five deception episode 16 friends and enemies episode 17 the box episode 18
6: crisis on naboo did you include that arc ken i did include that arc i I think for some reason that one's it's not that it stands out more let me let me rephrase that before i finish that sentence uh the the maul and, and Satine stand out more than anything with the story of kenobi but there's just something about that as it relates to anakin and as we go into mm-hmm. Kenobi that I think's just so valuable if you if you're trying to get that full
7: picture
1: yeah I think w- w- what I totally agree and I think what's really powerful about that arc is it's a portrait of a uh, absolutely committed Jedi Knight obi-wan Kenobi anything for the mission of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah of course I'll go through this horrific process of transforming my body physically. <laughs> <laughs> into yeah into yeah. a bounty hunter and then i'll go through this really arduous task of trying to get these bounty hunters to trust me and not give away uh, that i'm a jedi but not let people die pointlessly all around me it puts them under this real pressure cooker and then the really big thing of like uh, no one will believe this if anakin isn't upset
6: mm. you know mm-hmm. and
1: i know that that's what you're you're talking mm-hmm. about with yeah. how important it is to anakin but i think that is it it we know that Kenobi thinks he failed uh, Anakin. Mm-hmm. He tells Anakin, "I failed you." He says, "So <laughs> <to> Luke, <laughs> I thought I could train him as well as is Yoda. I was wrong." Kenobi thinks he made mistakes, and I think yeah. this arc might be one of those mistakes he made with Anakin.
6: Absolutely, absolutely. And and how many times is going to be in that cave thinking about this? <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, so w- what are the differences in your twelve list? Though? Yeah, no, yeah. All those there, including the specific ones there, we're really clued on on that. Thank you, Clone Morse report for. Help me clue back in on the Clone Wars and Kenobi. Um, here's here's where I went to uh, first. I can't believe I'm even saying this in 2022. I, kind of even three four years ago, it might have been like you're crazy. Uh, the Clone Wars movie. <laughs> I really do think you want you get to see Kenobi um, fighting that Clone War. Uh, you know, uh, sitting there with General Lowsome, all that stuff. You get to see what he was and what it could be a shadow in the back of his head of, of uh, not that he was a great warrior. That's not probably what he thinks of himself, but of just what he was doing, what he was involved in. It just makes me think of Leia years ago. You served my father in the clone wars. So actually go see the clone wars and see it. Uh, uh, see what's going on there. Yeah, no, I think that is that
1: that's a really great choice. Like if I was pulling moments that, the T with loathsome.
6: Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> right. That is that is a big deal. Uh, it's got some great sassy, ventures interactions. And yeah, mm-hmm. Kenobi being like, well, this is what we're doing. It's a war and <laughs> make the best of it. <laughs> yeah. Here I am being the general. Uh, I think that's a really interesting pick.
6: Yeah. So, and then, and to kind of keep it with that, if, if you're looking at specific Clone Wars episodes, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not going to lie, I was trying to pull in some, you know, get outside the box a little bit. I, I put uh, uh, Cat and Mouse and Hidden Enemy. Which are like mm-hmm. the first two early on. Again, kind of more in line with the Clone Wars thing. Uh, landing at Point Rain is another one of the just like you know stuff going on with Anakin, stuff going on with Kenobi. I put the lost one, uh, which we are about to dive in soon on uh, Clone Wars Report. Mm-hmm. And that is a lot of the Zyfidee stuff, and that makes me just think of Dooku and Kenobi. Uh, you know, in attack of the clones, and Dooku kind of saying, "I'm gonna make you." question your trust, uh, give you bits of truth, bits of lies, and try to evoke your master's name, all those kind of things. So j- just Zyphodias and, and a little bit more of a plot, and not, you know, not that it's a true crime murder mystery, but you know what I mean, where it's just the big picture for Kenobi and, and him trying to learn more about it and learning more about it um, overall. And then my final one, I actually, I wanted to put something from the Mortis arc, but trying to keep it to Carl's limit here, which I think <laughs> I've passed with the vibe. I put the altar of Mortis. Uh, which has a lot, a uh, lot of stuff of Kenobi in a cave. Uh, and and if we're going to spend some time with Kenobi, Kenobi in a cave and any kind of Qui-Gon force ghost talk and anything like that, uh, that makes me think of Altar of Mortis as well.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's pretty vital, too, because it, it is Kenobi uh, questioning, you know, whether he actually mm-hmm. saw Qui-Gon, whether that's actually possible. And, uh, you know, looking a little bit more head on at the whole chosen one. Uh, yeah. Prophecy, uh, so yeah, I think that's a great choice. Um, yeah, I just went with the arcs, the three arcs. <laughs> well, <that's, laughs> you, you you hit and, your and limit. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm maybe I'm wasting uh, spaces with a, a couple of the episodes in the Maltex Mandalore arc, but I just kind of feel like it's it's vital to
6: oh, no, yeah, feeling right.
1: the overall the overall flow. Um, mm-hmm. But I did cheat and do some bonus ones. If you're like, okay, I did my twelve, but I got time.
6: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes.
1: If you're looking for some that are just a little bit more celebration and uh and flavor of Kenobi. Uh, I think season why f- season one episode fifteen trespass. Um that's mm-hmm. really Anakin in Obi-Wan episode, but I, it's the 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 one where the talls uh are being attacked by the Pantorans and uh it, it they mm-hmm. Obi-Wan and Anakin have the great uh cold weather gear, but a lot of great banter with uh Obi-Wan and Anakin, and really showing Obi-Wan right. as a more kind uh philosopher and and trying to bridge the gap and all that. So I love that one. Like and then that. uh season two, episode 17, uh, bounty hunters, there's just some really great uh fun and banter uh, mm. with Obi-Wan and uh, Sugi, uh, the lead that's bounty right. hunter, of course, some embo, uh, but yeah, that's just a, a great. Um, that that's when we're also where Obi Wan is really kind of wrestling with the philosophy of Jedi of how much can we f- fight a war versus train them to protect themselves, all that kind of stuff.
6: I love it. That's great. No bonus, bonus counts, bonus counts.
1: Yeah, yeah. Do you have any
6: any other bonuses? <laughs> the only one I the only one I put I because I, we're going to review it. It's it's all Yoda. It's all Yoda, baby. But we might need to review uh, or include voices, especially if you have to review it. We're getting to that some of that stuff with Yoda and what he learns. And then sits, uh, uh, you know, uh, on the on the Tenevi three, right? Not the not four. And yeah. he says, uh, "Hey, I got a final mission for you, Obi wan I got a final lesson. Um, that could that could mean something. I mean, it's more again. It's like it's Yoda, but who knows? Maybe we'll get some insight, and we'll see what that uh, if it has anything to do with Kenobi in the desert.
1: That's a really good point because I I have a hope, if not a prediction, that. Obi-Wan's training to commune with Qui-Gon is either a motivating factor at the beginning or I would love it if it was a breakthrough at the end. But i am they've been doing yeah. such a good job with the live action, especially with the, you know, Filoni round of really tying, if not to direct references to the philosophy. And that uh, that three-episode arc really does outline the the philosophy of the Four Spirits.
6: Yeah 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 i mean yeah uh who knows what Kenobi's gonna have what he will have learned what he will say about what he's learned from yoda if he'll get any information have to discover himself you're right and i love that i i kind of like your idea of it being a not a reward but something at the end of the journey versus something at the beginning but any qui-gon any even the mention of the name qui-gon is going to get me excited in the kenobi series
1: yeah i just think communing with uh uh a spirit, if that is a, mm-hmm. if that's and and preparing yourself to become one yourself, that seems like you need to be at at least some bit a uh, tiny bit of peace. And since we're meeting Obi Wan agitated, um, yeah. and depressed, it's really making sense to me that he would, uh, you know, break through and have this victory of communing, uh, with Qui Gon at the end, which is another way to give it a sense of hope.
6: Yeah, no, I I I think I think when you said that a couple uh, episodes ago, or when we were breaking down the trailer just makes it makes so much sense man and you say a lot of things that make sense but that makes a lot of sense <laughs> to me of, of just you're emotionally clogged man and you got to take some Force fiber pills sorry i went there and and then you could talk to Qui-Gon you got to clear yourself and you can't hear the force you can't hear not that Kenobi's gonna be disconnected from the force but it just makes a lot of sense and there's some about Yoda at the, in the, in the arc again, it's been a while since we've watched those episodes and we're gonna dig, dig into them very soon here in Clone Wars support mm-hmm. three episodes away yeah I, I think there's something about Yoda confronts some stuff and and i think gets a little clear and, and some and gets some insight so I, I it's it's just fascinating he explicitly goes
1: through a, a trial yeah
6: yeah 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 absolutely
1: mm-hmm. yeah so oh man I'm so looking forward to it and i i love this new Way of thinking about one of the fundamental themes of Star Wars—you've introduced that—that uh, that a way to talk about uh, overcoming your dark side and reclaiming a sense of hope is uh, is fiber pills. So, uh, look, look forward to our review of Star Wars: A New Fiber Pill coming soon. I'm gonna—I
6: I request Brian Ward to make a uh, fiber pill bottles, uh, force fiber pill bottles. There you go,
1: force fiber pills. Take your pills, Obi-Wan, and you too will become one with the Force. All right, on that uh, wonderfully weird note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in a moment. And we are back to take more questions of the force. These questions come from our patrons on Patreon. We're going first to Brittany Lockwood. Brittany says, which emotions do you think R2-D2 is programmed to experience Mm. and express? And which do you think are a result of his experiences in unwiped memory? (laughs) Mm. Uh, I Mm. love the turn of phrase, unwiped memory. I think that is what uh, R2's uh, autobiography should be called, (laughs) unwiped memory. (laughs) A <laughs> uh, tale yeah. of an astromech, but this is a great question to think about of of what's programmed and what is experiential.
6: Mm. Yeah. What What does his uh, sort of AI programs frighteningly adapt and, and grow? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So just starting out as mm-hmm. you know a a droid in the service of uh, of Naboo um, in royalty mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, on a ship. What What do you think his like initial? operating parameters are what is r2 supposed to be that he then excels beyond
6: yeah and then uh, you know it's, this was also a, a lesson and let me look up what actually are listed emotions let me watch a disney pixar movie to learn what's what counts because I, I but i think I, I i get to those i think in the beginning though it, it's 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 emotions slash mandates in a way of of yeah. uh, uh i put things like uh, you know strength and courage uh in 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 that uh you know in duty uh so loyalty and and again i know these aren't direct emotions i'm just throwing a bunch of stuff on the wall here um and and and, uh connection uh is something there too His a sense of uh r2's an individual in his own way we know that sassy is one thing he's probably programmed to have as well uh but i think there's something about um purpose uh you know steadfast kind of nature in him in his programming that drives him forward and 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 I, I, I think uh, his bravery which I'll often finds him all through the Clone Wars doing a lot of things we see him in the original trilogy uh, doing you know goes goes the way knows where he needs to go uh thinks outside the box takes big big risks I think all that's in there whether they' up emotions, I'm just saying that's part of his programming part of who he is in the beginning
1: yeah, no, I, I agree with you that the two words that I came up with are loyalty and bravery. I think mm-hmm. he's programmed to be loyal and brave. I think those are uh, Naboo, Nubian values.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I think it's also what is needed practically to do the job, right? Of yeah. like, we're in a dangerous situation, at least the first job we see him do, right? Of Go yeah. out, cling to the ship in the middle of space, under blaster fire, and fix this. Don't question. <laughs> go yeah. forward and... Do your duty, um, and I think you know there is no fear. There is just a classic R two right out of the out of the box when we meet him. Of I, I will go forward under dangerous circumstances, and I will do what needs to be done. Um, and he gets uh, you know rewarded with that uh, compliment. I'm paraphrasing of what a particularly well put together droid. Mm-hmm, <laughs> in, You know, if you want to go deep on this, that suggests that, well, look, we try to program them all to be uh, loyal and brave, um, really be able to focus under pressure about just getting their job done. And uh, some of them are better at that than others. And this one's great. (laughs) This one's the best. (laughs) This one's great at it. Well, this one's really well built, well made. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I think that's where he starts. What of the R two that we know? Do you think starts to come out of all of his lived experiences in yeah. the fact that he is uh, <laughs> he is the anti Din uh, Jarn. If Din Jarn does not know Star Wars, R two D two knows the
6: hell out of Star Wars. He does, and this is a, he's got a software update that hits right when you're sitting down to play the video game, and you have to wait a half hour. He's updating <laughs> right now. I I, I think. I was going to put uh, there's a sense of um, frustration in him at times, maybe that the big picture and this is where it comes with with art with 3PO and a new hope. But that to me is is a byproduct of he now has a a good sense of calmness and patience because he knows he's in for the long haul, Uh, even though he's he's going to be at times be rash. Not out of Han Solo rashness, but just like, hey, the big picture. I think he knows this is a long play. It was going on, so there's there is a bit of calmness under pressure and some patience that's uh, built into him, I think. And also, I think because of that, he has his empathy is big, Uh, and and the bigger picture, and 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 trying to do what is right. I think because he wants to help those around him and the galaxy at large.
1: Mm, yeah, no, I, I love that. I think uh, the first thing I thought about of lived experience is the same as you of like, I, I described it as a uh, tenacity, right, of that. Uh, if he's programmed to like, hey, when you're instructed to uh, do something, uh, don't have fear, roll forward and or rocket forward and do it and get it done. And I think over his lived experience, he's got this uh, tenacity and he's a self starter. <laughs> I think maybe he was programmed to be like, when we ask you to do something, do it. And I think now he's like, I take the initiative always. I see what needs to be done. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) And I go do it even if nobody else sees that's what needs to be done or maybe 3PO or even somebody else is like, should you be doing that? He's like, no, I know that's, uh, I'm going to go do that and I'm going to do whatever it takes uh, to get it done kind of vibe. Um, I think you're describing it as patience. I think that's great. Uh, There's that passage, I believe, I can't remember which book. I think it's a Leia book where she's talking about, like, haven't given R2 anything to do. So he's just off, like, memorizing uh, new systems in case he needs to know them. (laughs) Like this idea that he's like your friend who's like, uh, you tell them like, well, uh, for this weekend and you know, I really needed to decompress. I I took a break and like, what did you do? And they're like, I needed to decompress too. So I remodeled my entire house and I, you know, yeah. went for eight, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, and I, did, and I did three marathons and, you know, learned to cook a new food. Like, and, oh, that was your relaxing weekend. Like that is our two. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then the lived experience, I think also has just made him uh, frustrated and grumpy, and giving him that potty mouth.
6: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Right. He, we're, we're, he's, he's, yeah. Sorry,
1: he's sorry. he's been there. He's seen it, and he's got yeah. an opinion about it. What were you gonna say?
6: No, no the frustration is big, I, and I think that's always probably, probably been there. But I I don't necessarily think the R two we meet is, you know coming out of Naboo is is overly or easily frustrated. Right. I think he's, Mm -hmm. he's, he's just discovering his big purpose. He's been probably pretty bored for a while. He's like, he's probably like, yes, action. I get to go out on a ship. i be, uh, I did lose some friends, but yay. You know, (laughs) uh, but I think it starts to, uh, happen. I mean, all the things he's seen and all the characters he knows, he's the droid who knows too much, uh, but is able to keep it secret. So I think, I think that is true. I also put these, these two, uh, final ones here. Um, and, and hear me out on this. There's a little bit of fear that has emerged, but I don't mean fear that's going to lead to bad things. I think I'm trying – maybe I'm trying to explain it more as like a a real understanding and almost a uh, – you have to respect the evilness out there. He's He has that understanding of it, which is, drives him forward even more. It's, it's – I don't want to say healthy fear, but you know that thing of just like, hey, this ain't fun and games anymore. <laughs> um I was on Mustafar. Uh, I saw how things can get. And and whether he knows uh, Anakin's Vader or Vader's Anakin, uh, doesn't really matter to me. He just he's he's seen the you know, I've seen some bleep, man. I, I, I've saw I saw that safe and secure society uh, Trout shroud <laughs> fall down. You have to take it serious. You have to have a healthy respect for it from in a way. We're gonna topple it, we're gonna take it down. That's why I'm here, that's why I'm running off on my missions in the desert. But I understand and I've seen
1: it. Yeah. You Do you know. think he's kicking himself? He's like, I rescued that a-hole Palpatine from the Zillow Beast, man. <laughs> yes. I should yeah. not have flown him out of there. I should have let that Zillow Beast eat Palpatine.
6: Yeah, a little bit of that. <laughs> and, and all that leads to the, the final one. I think, I think he's, uh, I'm sure he's always had this in him, but I think he has a real appreciation for joy. Uh, hmm. You know, he, he's here to help uh, restore hope to the galaxy as well. And because of it, at the end, when he's dancing with Ewoks, he's feeling joy.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Um,
6: I think he. I, I
1: think just yeah. Strongly emotional, right? He he reacts positively when he sees people. Uh, he loves. Uh, he he has empathy when somebody else is sad. He's got his great little moan. <laughs> yes,
6: yes, you know.
1: Uh, I think he has. He. I, I think he is. You know, it's got that tenacious uh, vibe. I love him being in charge of the all those droids building uh mm. the hut on on Luke's Jedi Planet that we see in, in the Book of Boba Fett episode. He, like he's like the you know proud construction
6: <laughs> manager,
1: you know. Yeah. But, I, but I think he also kind of he enjoys uh making Dinjar and wait, you know?
6: <laughs> oh yeah. I'm yeah, gonna so teach a, you patience.
1: <laughs> a lot of emotions, including here's one I think that he develops from his experience, a slight Pensions for vengeance um oh yeah <laughs> he uh, when when he, when he gets freed he does not need on on Endor uh he does not need to zap the Ewok but he does <laughs> he, he's not escaping or saving he's just lashing out
6: <laughs> don't disagree with that at all yeah yeah
1: <laughs> yeah and final thing for me I think with this unwiped memory and with kind of a character trait I think with the amount that he starts to experience and like knowledge and plans that he starts to collect I love that it becomes a plot point in the Clone Wars where Anakin is breaking protocol by not wiping his mind he's not yeah. supposed to know that much it's dangerous because if he's captured uh, there he knows too much yeah. um, but that that scene then is a development of his character that he has become this, this uh, hoarder of knowledge that that is part of what is making him develop and what, what's making him stand out and be capable of things like rescuing uh, Mace and Anakin mm-hmm. in that arc. Uh, mm-hmm. I think his unwhite memory is a, is a big part of, of who he becomes that he, be, he values like know everything, hoard it. <laughs> yeah. I need to be a thousand, uh, you know, encyclopedias in one. And I do like the the idea, it's been talked about a lot, um, I think, among fans, the idea that he is a bit fragmented, that he's got all these memories and all these systems and all these protocols, and he's seen and he's experienced so much, and I think he is incredibly um, uh, empathetic to the moment. But I also like the idea that he's, maybe through all of it, doesn't quite understand all of human life. Like, he knows when somebody's happy, when somebody's sad, when they need something, but, like, maybe just kind of can't even comprehend what Anakin is doing on Mustafar. Like mm. that just doesn't compute kind of, yeah. I, there's something I like about that, that he truly sees and feels emotions in the moments, but it's kind of, maybe some of the undercurrents don't make sense to him.
6: I like that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. He, he doesn't have full understanding of, of what, what they're going through. Yeah. That, that, that kind of makes some sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah. i'm there i'm there and it also might allow him to when i like when i mentioned fear like it's not a fear that holds him back it's just again it's understanding the bigger picture where he just he might be like what why are you afraid you just go on the ship and you try to save it
1: yeah (laughs) no i mean he he, no i mean he's he's got moments of like uh uh i think reasonable fear yeah (laughs) and uh yeah he he loves to hide from
6: the tuscan raiders yeah yeah
1: Oh, yeah, he knows the HUD from the Tuscan Raiders. He knows it's a problem that uh, at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, when Obi Wan's talking too loud on the comm and exposing his position, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he has lots of great moments. Though, like uh, it, it, I love it when he's like, Yeah, I know, I know, I know that Bib Fortuna is not the kind of person you want stroking your dome. mm <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Uh, any other thoughts on R2's development before we move on to our final question?
6: Well, here's, here's my one. It, it's just got me thinking about R2, all his emotions, and what he knows. I don't know if he feels stress or feels the weight of everything that he has inside him. Do you think at any point he has just confessed something to like some random gonk droid? Like just sitting around, it's like, hey, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something here. Let me go back to the beginning of who's who in the zoo here. Here's what we got. I just got to tell someone.
1: I think so. I really there's something about R2 that just he, he does just feel like this like uh kind of talkative lifer. Uh mm-hmm. who's just been everywhere and seen everything and and knows some stuff and is happy to share it. Like I think you know I, yeah, I think some gonk droid just uh, plug it into something and R2 would be like Phew. You want to talk about yeah. plugging into things let me tell you about the time i plugged into x y or z and then this happened you know
6: like if he got in that cab in the clone wars era uh with our <laughs> favorite cabbie the one that uh you know uh, uh fives just said everything to uh yeah. I, I think r2 it'd be a dangerous combination
1: yeah i think once he get him going mm,
6: yeah yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> i love that he, r2's a talker yeah, uh, he's got a lot to say to Luke on Octo. Uh, moving on to our final question. This comes to us from Commander Cloud. Uh, Commander Cloud says, greetings for centered ones. As Kenobi nears its release or wraps up, depending on when this airs, uh, we do take a, a while to get to all of our uh, patron questions because we have so many good ones. And we just try to take them uh, in, in order and sometimes uh, we fall behind. But we are still before Kenobi. Uh, so Commander Cloud continues. I look forward to nearly all of my idle speculations being shot down in flames. (laughs) It's nothing new as I've been way off in the past and not just speculations like Ray is Luke's daughter or that's Plagueis' staff. As a know-it-all punk 12-year-old, I remember watching the trailer to episode two and thinking, well, that gave it away. All the Jedi are going to die and the empire will rise. It's right there in the title, attack of the clones. No clue what they're going to do in episode three now. So, What were some of your most memorable speculations? Which ones make you laugh or cringe or forged you into the responsible speculators of today? Thanks, uh, and thank you, too, for teaching me to speculate responsibly, a phrase I often recall in daily life, and not just because it's on my keychain. May the force of others be with you. Thank you very much, uh, Commander Cloud, for the stories and for the questions. Uh, Ken, where do you go with this? What are some of your uh, speculations that uh, that you look back on?
6: Where do I go with this? Where do I go with this? A hall of shame is where i go. <laughs> I sit there no first of all it's just part of the fun and I, i'm with you i'll confess uh you know you were a 12 year old punk kid i was a a, a a quiet uh nerd in my mid-20s and i thought the same thing about attack of the clones after that trailer i was like this <laughs> this is it it's the destruction of the jedi oh my god we're seeing it what are they gonna do uh you know um i was right there with you on that so everything else though is uh it's you know fortunately joseph you and i have a lot of our predictions and thoughts and wants and expectations on record. Um, (laughs) Several different shows across many platforms and mediums, So it can get, uh, it can get uh, embarrassing, but it's part of the fun. So even though I think I'm overall a little embarrassed by just my focus on it, I had a job that had to focus on it and that just kind of leads to a lot of wild thoughts that said, and I've mentioned that before here on the show. So I wanted to get that out there, but maybe I'll go to some specifics here. I was part of the team that thought that gravestone on Akito's got to be someone important. Mm. And I spent (laughs) a lot of time wondering what it was. And who it was, and even after people were like, "No, no, I visited the island. It's just there. It's probably part of the scenery." I was like, "Well, they've they've engraved on it Wedge Antilles or something." You know, I was, <laughs> it's big, dark letter. Like I, I was right there. That was of all. You know, this the plague of staff of it all. Blah blah blah. And yeah, the Ray, the Ray's parents. What you someone, that's a separate uh, category. Um, but man, that that Luke was mourning over someone in that final shot to me for a long time.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um I think for me like recently um I liked the idea that w- in Book of Boba Fett when we saw uh Din having the armor forge these little circles of Beskar mm-hmm. uh for Grogu, mm-hmm. I just became enchanted with the idea that that was a necklace to hang the the silver ball from. <laughs> <laughs> Which still was neat. deeply wrong. It was obviously chainmail. I was I, I, I that was a moment where I didn't speculate uh, uh, irresponsibly in that I was, I really thought that's what it is. That's what it should be. And then I was annoyed. It would, mm. That's one of the example of like, uh, I took a flight of fancy of something that I thought was fun. And mm. I focused on that rather than what was pretty clear that it's, it's chainmail.
6: <laughs> yeah. No. Right.
1: It looked like chainmail. And uh, yeah. yeah. So I, I want to be clear about this. I don't mind being wrong and I don't mind speculating yeah. that is the fun, but I think it, it, the, the danger of the speculation is becoming attached to it, you know?
6: Yeah, no, without a doubt. But I think, look, and and, and there's been some recent ones, I think uh, listen, me having this opportunity to really listen to older episodes of, to, to fix our transition to Acast. Uh, I, I've heard you and I and Jennifer say some real spot on stuff. I've heard you. I mean, you had almost down to the dialogue of what Bo-Katan was going to say to Dinjan. Djarin. <laughs> <Like>, uh, <laughs> I want to prop you up for that. And we've also had some crazy ones in the sense of, I think, especially in the last couple of few years here in force center, we're, we're looking at themes. We're looking at the why. Grogu with a necklace. That's a big why there's a, there's a lot of why that goes into that thought and that prediction and desire uh so I, I think that's some of the big swings we take come out of tracing the themes and and seeing where they you can take them
1: yeah and, and also just like for me that was about the the uh unresolved thread of the ball you know um but uh, <laughs> but, but we got some resolution there uh, that, in a that. different in a different yeah. way um yeah and i think uh, another one for me that i think about a lot is um in the lead up to last jedi um in the with the trailer release, there was the oh the the Jedi need to end. There was a kind of thought of like oh well, we're, this is going to be the tale of a a new idea emerging, and I think uh, uh of like well, we're still going to be light side force users, but maybe it's going to you know morph into something different. Um, I don't think that is the story. I don't think that's the intent. I we talked about this a lot, but I think I think the story is the core ideas of the Jedi are great, and the problems happen when uh people f- stray from that path i think that's the story uh, train that uh, ahsoka has been on i think that is the through line of luke it's not that all of the core ideas are bad i think certainly the tale of the prequels of that they it's not that the core ideas are bad it's that they deviated too much from them and they didn't question right th- enough um so i think that was kind of off in terms of um the big picture of star wars uh in my opinion i i recognize we have listeners who probably disagree with that and i I, Mm -hmm. that that is totally understandable but then also with last jedi i think i had the um i I, it wasn't even speculation it was desire which is different Mm. i wanted luke to have been on octo for a proactive purpose
6: Mm.
1: and i think that's because i was kind of clinging to like I know he probably he's probably just like real upset that (laughs) everything that we know from Force Awakens that uh, one student turned against him, oh his nephew, and destroyed the school that he was uh, Eh. trying to build. We got all that information in the Force Awakens, so why is Luke all alone on an island, bummed out? Wasn't a mystery, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I think I had that desire to be like, but I want him to be this hero, and then Mm. the ironic thing for me i always think about this one is i was kind of imagining i want him to be there for a purpose um because mm-hmm. i want him to be a hero ultimately and on on one hand it, it was wrong because it did not ratio it up and he's like yes i've been meditating on this <laughs> the secret octo kyber crystal and blah 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 you know nice. it he it, it and but it still ended up being exactly correct that he had proactive purpose he he wants to uh, stop he's he's afraid that he Will do more damage if he intervenes. So he's mm-hmm. got the proactive purpose to 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 stop any more damage from happening from himself from the Jedi. Uh, but then, of course, the uh, whole story is he learns that it's wrong to hide. Uh, he learns that it's wrong to to just listen to his fear. And the great triumph of the Last Jedi, which I have loved from the first viewing, is that he he reconnects to his Jedi values and his and his true purpose in a way that works for him. So that's one of those. Like desires that was both wrong and then correct. I got what I wanted, but in a different way than I expected.
6: Mm. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You're on the you're on the you're on the playing field.
1: <laughs> I'm on the playing field. I'm on the <laughs> playing field. Yeah. Um. And I think for me, it's also just uh, we've talked a lot about the whole speculate responsibly thing. Uh. But I think I've been thinking about it more recently about how much the Last Jedi discourse. Not even any of the storytelling in the Force Awakens or the Last Jedi, but for me, the discourse in the lead up to Last Jedi really drove home what you were saying about about the the conflicts in the themes in mm-hmm. the uh, needs of the characters. That the why is so much more important than the who or the what. Mm-hmm. The who and the what is really fun to speculate on, and I, and I don't think we we should ever not have fun it's you know we get questions about who might pop up in mandalorian season three and that's really fun to guess if a Mm -hmm. uh, a story does set up a mystery of somebody is behind something but we don't know who it's really fun to think of who i think where the problem comes in is that uh we're we're set up to wonder about stories we love uh the answers are often uh who or what and we're wondering about that um, but I think because social media lacks nuance, mm-hmm. and because clickbait is rewarded uh, by algorithms, I think we've put so much surface on the focus, or, mm-hmm. or so much focus on the surface question of who or what that I think we've lost a little, uh, a little too much cultural focus on uh, the answers only matter because what they mean mm-hmm. for. The story and the characters and any sort of uh, ideas that the story wants to communicate about who we are as humans, what our culture is, <laughs> yeah. why we exist, what we should be trying to do. Those are the things that matter, you know, I, yeah. I think uh, Alex's great video that he did, uh, uh, Star Wars Explained, about Cad Bane it was just such a great example of, of somebody who is a leader in the in the YouTube field. Mm-hmm just speculating so damn responsibly of like, I do want Cad Bane to show up. Mm-hmm. I like Cad Bane. He's awesome. He's cool. But why would he show up? Here are the reasons it would matter to Boba Fett. That was such a great video. And I just, I, I, I just, I want us to be uh, doing more things like that. The who and the what is fun, but we can't uh, leave the why unattached from
5: it.
6: No. And when you, and you, when you weigh things by the why, then you either find the meaning and it doesn't mean you always agree with it or, or that's what you want, but like the great cameo debate and, and what's nostalgia, and what's to serve the story and what's, you know, that nostalgia back then. I think that's where, you know, you can, you know, just analyze it better for yourself about what you actually like when you weigh the why. Uh, and, and I'll, you look know, if you catch me, you know, if you're chatting Star Wars with me on the, the porch of the comedy store and you have a great theory, I'll, I'll nod and smile and think it's great. Uh, but I think in the last year or two, uh, I, I, I will now, take a sip of my drink of choice and say, but why tell me why, <laughs> tell me why. And then we can have that conversation. And a lot of folks have the great answers, by the way. Um, yeah. Think of the why, weigh the why, but yeah, I think, I think that fuels a lot of it. And it d- didn't fuel a lot of my predictions in the past. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Me too. <laughs> me too. Uh, any other thoughts on this? Uh, great question about uh, speculating responsibly. Well,
6: yeah, yeah. I just want, here's, here's some, can I share some misfires? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I was definitely on a Ezra Bridger as an episode seven, probably uh <laughs> Max von Sydow definitely thought oh. that was going to work. I don't know nice. if math worked out. I, uh, uh, man, I, I really was convinced, uh, Zier Leonis was going to be related to Finn in some way, which is, uh, mm. not the best thought too. Uh, but also it made some sense. We, we thought it was uh, more connected, right? This is all going to flow into something. And, and uh, I was, that was, that was off base.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah in a lot. Of ways. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh yeah. any other misfires? Those are good yeah. ones.
6: Yeah, uh, yes. Uh, so I was on a, uh, there was an old movie debate show I would always be on and uh, they brought me in specifically to be a ringer for uh, the, this question of uh, we'll predict what's going to happen. Pitch episode eight. I had, a, I had a great one. I won the round, by the way. Uh, but it was based <laughs> on this idea, this, uh, you know, some things are right. There's a vacuum of power and you're know, not right, but just, you know, with a little bit of what we got in last Jedi, what's going on? The first order is trying to t- claim the, the 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 spot there, take the power. But I had this idea of, kind of this three-way dance. It was, uh, you got Luke fighting uh, Kylo, but Kylo's fighting Benicio Del, del-, del Toro's character, who's very clearly going to be Snoke's other apprentice. And then Luke and maybe Kylo fight Snoke. Now my question to myself is where's Ray and in- all that? I don't remember where I put Ray in that story, but probably <laughs> there's somewhere, which is why it was all bad. So uh, yeah, uh, it was a great, great thought. uh big thought, a lot of... Uh, pieces on the board, a lot of uh, a lot of what's, a lot of hows, but not a lot of whys. And so there's that one. And then the final oh, the final one, I, I put this down. The Phantom Menace trailer. Oh. I was I and I've said this before even recently, as much as I love the Phantom Menace and keep loving the Phantom Menace more and more. I think it's an important film now. Uh always, you know, that's been growing with me. But even back when I didn't like, it, I used to always say, man, that trailer is so great. I love the trailer. I want to know what that movie is. What I meant by that is it, 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 over the years, it's either been a great insult or just me wondering. I just, I, that that's, that trailer, all of them, but the, put all the trailers together. I just, I had the movie in a different order. I thought the Pod Race was a chase. I did think there was going to be a big war in Naboo, but not the one we got, not let of a blockade, but people needed to go there maybe after some people. Sca- I don't know. And then I did think because of uh, Palpatine Say had wiped them out, uh, all of them, I thought the Jedi were going to start going in Venom. <laughs> and i imagine all of those
1: uh assumptions affected your first viewing of the phantom menace
6: yes an early lesson and <laughs> when your expectations can hamper your enjoyment
1: yeah yeah and that's a to, to to bring it back to uh this great question from commander cloud about kenobi i think that that's the thing too is just always realizing like there are a lot of ways to tell a story so if you have like a a character that you want to appear or mm-hmm. a like with Kenobi, like uh, we're talking about that. What if what if his ability to finally connect with Qui Gon is a, a sign of his his success in coming to peace at the end of it? That's mm-hmm. an idea I love. That is one way to write that story. Yeah, but I don't want to limit myself to. But what if the writers have a different idea? You know. It, mm-hmm. uh, Putting putting any story together is uh, putting together a, a puzzle. And sometimes a piece that's cool just doesn't fit, you know? Mm, mm. Uh, and that's the other thing, I think, to really remember about speculating is, like, your example of, yeah, it'd be really cool if uh, the three-day fight between Luke, Kylo, and <laughs> DJ, <laughs> Benicio Del Toro, uh, uh, Snoke's uh, uh, second apprentice. That's really cool. That's a piece of a puzzle just floating with yeah. no connection to anything else. So I think even when you you come up with an idea of a of a puzzle piece that has a why and mm-hmm. is cool, just remember that like that that is that's a puzzle piece. That's not the whole story. So like if if something I'm really excited about or hopeful about for Kenobi, because I have so many <laughs> speculations about Kenobi, yeah. if if one of those puzzle pieces doesn't fit, that's fine. I just want to enjoy the story that is being told. And if, you know, one cool thing doesn't happen, it's probably because it didn't fit in the story. You know, I just, I, I, there isn't, there isn't, Uh, I, in my opinion, there isn't right and wrong stories are subjective. They are flowing organic things told by humans or a group of humans that hopefully a little bit of those human souls are in and those souls Mm -hmm. are different than mine. And that's what makes it interesting. I I just really want to approach things not as, Right and wrong, they should have done X, and they did Y instead. Therefore, it is bad. I personally just don't. I don't want to be that way.
6: <laughs> yeah, no. I want
1: to. I want to feel like this is flowing and organic. And I thought it would be cool if the river twisted this way around a mountain. But you know what? Mm-hmm. This human made a waterfall there, and I'm going to try to enjoy that.
6: Yeah, yeah, no, no. Uh, this is a large, a larger conversation. I've mentioned this even in joking pass in, uh, uh, passing through on the show before. Here, uh, um, I'd like someone. Smarter, clearly, than can uh, then put a sentence together, not not like me here. Uh, to to analyze our our connection to like what we want in endings, what we want in stories, and and how time and time again endings so often break us as fans.
4: Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm
6: not a f- I'm not familiar with the show, but my fiance is. But I, you know, Killing Eve just wrapped up, uh, starring uh, Ray's mom there, Jodie Comer, and there's so much debate and talk around oh they did they, the ending was bad the whole last season was bad and and again i don't know the details of it but i i just would love i don't i just would love to study where that comes from our expectations where we want that river to turn and why we can't let go of it and and doesn't mean every show has been perfect uh, maybe you didn't like the seinfeld characters ending up in a prison and a jail cell <laughs> i don't know i did but you know it's just we have have that connection think of anything big there's been in the occasion you'll get someone go oh this is they they did this one right and even that can be debated but you know what I mean I, I there's no I don't have an answer I just want someone to study why that happens time and time again.
1: I think that that, that is such a, a great a big question to have uh, about the way we process stories um, yeah so we should dive into deeper but I, I always think about lost um I haven't seen it for years. I'm not mm-hmm. a lost expert, but I remember being really satisfied by the ending of Lost because I felt like the characters all did the thing that they deeply would do and needed to do and wanted to do. And then like, yeah, the 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 answers to the mysteries were like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that yeah. was that was one of the like um it, I remember that Lost ended around the same time that Battlestar Galactica did. And like oh, I right. thought I thought I thought in Lost, like some of the answers in the mysteries were like, yeah, sure, whatever. But the mm-hmm. characters fulfilled their journey, so I liked the Lost ending. Mm-hmm. And then the Battlestar Galactica ending was like a lot of cool conceptual things happened, but I just kind of felt like mm-hmm. I, I don't know that the character. Why did the character that would normally argue about that decision for a season and a half?
6: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Just agree to that so i and I, so i think maybe a part of it uh, from that example is just who we are as individuals Of like i want i yeah. care more about the character stuff in this story meaning than the answers yeah yeah in, yeah no, uh, yeah yeah and and i think that's a fascinating part of that how we process endings what do we want
6: yeah yeah the Battlestar one you'd need a documentary on that what happened and how that yeah it's, it's fascinating I, I i agree with you yeah interesting yeah. I don't know. Again, right. I don't know the answers. That just it factors always into Star Wars conversations.
1: It really, really does. Yeah, a lot of lot of big ones, in, including you know a lot of the uh, the tension about the sequel trilogy of should it have just been a happy ending? <laughs> right. The Ewoks dance and leave it alone.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: A great uh, discussion. For another time, as Maz Kanata would say. Uh, that is our episode, Questions of the Force. Ken, do you want to let people know where they can find us?
6: I'd love to. We're the Force Center Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Four Center Pod. or on Instagram, YouTube as well. We'll have another live Q&A show soon. We'll let you know when. Facebook page is Four Center Podcast. Podcast available on Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Just search. You'll find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Go there and get your Speculate Responsibly t-shirt and wear it before you see the first episode of kenobi at star wars celebration uh, patreon.com slash four centers where you can support us directly you can follow me at ken or go to my website ken from there you can link to tickets for a big cool upcoming show if you're socal based june 4th at the troubadour doug weston's troubadour in west hollywood be performing on a big comedy show there uh with mark ellis hosting and ryan sickler headlining there uh, that is uh for me what about for you sir Yeah, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, TikTok
1: is at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can check out all of my other comedy adventures past, present, and future on my website, josephscrimshaw.com But for now, for myself, for Ken, for R2D2's Potty Mouth, this has been Questions of the Force.